welcome to another episode of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. This week, Craig picked the movie. The movie that we're doing is the 2020? Yeah. 2019, I think, right? It's all good. The platform somewhere in the vicinity of 2019. <laughs> um, I do remember, though, this movie was kind of in discussion along the same lines as the Tiger King. We're in the, you remember when we were all in pandemic mode and we were all locked in our houses for the first time and everybody kind of started watching Netflix a little bit more and the Tiger King became kind of a big thing that we were all discussing. I feel like it, it really hit a big pandemic-wise because it was so weird. And this movie, I do remember people discussing it. Like, oh, there's this movie out on Netflix called The Platform. you got to watch it. It has a lot to say about what we're going through right now or something like that. At least it kind of seemed to resonate at the time. So I remember hearing about it. I never watched it uh, until today. But you recommended it this week, and you had seen it before, right? Yeah, I think I've been talking about it since... I heard that it was coming out and like talking to you about it. Like Mm -hmm. this is something that we should keep our eyes on. This is something we should do. But (laughs) as is often the case, like I get really excited about these movies and I I might throw the name out there or whatever, but then they come out and we've already got, you know, a bunch of stuff that we're doing or whatever. So I just watch them on my own. And then after that, I kind of forget about it. So, (laughs) (laughs) so when when we decided that i was going to pick this week you know i was you know racking my brain and this uh came to me because i did think that it would be interesting to talk about yes i've seen it before uh i don't know probably a year ago Mm -hmm. um but uh even watching it again i think it's interesting (laughs) but when i was watching it i was also thinking I wonder what Todd's thinking. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think I would be thinking? I'm curious. Do you really, you want me to tell you? Okay. I'll I'll tell you if you're right. right, I'll be honest. I, I am afraid that you will think that this movie is pretentious and preachy. Ah, no, I, I'll, I'll, I'll knock that right off at the pass. I don't think it's pretentious and preachy. It doesn't hide its theme very well. It's very, no, it is bold <laughs> on its face. Like, yeah. <laughs> in, if in an, you don't get this allegory, <laughs> you are in a coma because <laughs> it is so obvious. But that, in a way, kind of makes it a little less pretentious. A lot of times, like, I don't remember recently we were talking the bad about bad batch you were all pissy about. That was a lot. <laughs> Because I felt like the Bad Batch was almost the opposite. It was being very vague about things, and it was, well, that's not true. No, I'm totally no, wrong. No, I, but I get what you're saying, and I agree with you. Like, it just seemed like it was trying to be confusing for the sake of it. Yes, and this isn't trying to be confusing. No. It, it ends up, like, ambiguous. You know, at the end, you can't really say for sure, as far as plot goes, what what exactly is happening, why is this happening. There are a lot of little unsolved mysteries in this whole affair that you're not going to get a resolution for at the end. Uh, once again, I don't think the movie is really that concerned with giving us an answer to those mysteries. In fact, I, I read somewhere, I don't know if it's the IMDb trivia or somewhere, that the director had actually shot an alternate ending that he didn't end up going with because he decided he liked this ending because it was a little more ambiguous and you could kind of fill in the blanks. Did whatever you read say what the alternate ending was? No. How about you? 
No, I I, <laughs> I couldn't find much about. No, I know, but I would be super curious because you're right. I mean, <laughs> here we're jumping right to the ending. Like the ending is ambiguous, but it didn't bother me. I think no, largely because any more um, of a, a definitive ending, I think, would have felt trite. Yeah, to me, no matter what it was, no matter what it was. I just think I think that it was better left open ended, like because because it's addressing <laughs> the thing that this movie is addressing is classism. Yeah, and like capitalism in a way. Capitalism, yeah, yeah I suppose. But but there, I, I'm just saying that there is no. There, it's not like there's a solution. Like you, yeah, it doesn't. You help. can't just right. You can't just casually be like, oh, this is how we end this. No. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm getting ahead of myself. I think the movie's actually quite clever because it does pose lots of different solutions. I mean, you can see the parallels immediately, and it keeps kind of keeps your brain working, and then you're excited to see which of these solutions that they're coming up with is actually going to work. And the answer is, well, life doesn't really work that neatly, does it? Right? Like all these different solutions to the problems that these characters are facing have their own challenges and difficulties and in some ways i felt like the movie was a little depressing (laughs) in that it almost made it seem like there is no solution except that there was a certain this is why i want somebody to interpret the ending for me because there was a certain level of uh, degree of i don't know positivity in the ending it's uh, like i feel like goodness exists <laughs> like it's there 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 is goodness there is hope but only only at the very bottom of the pit we have to start we have to start, we have talking. To start talking about the we movie itself the well, movie. <laughs> well, really quick just before we dive into it uh you brought it up just because it'd been too long or was there something because that i think it's really interesting i think the concept is fascinating like yeah. i don't even i think that this movie kind of defies definition in terms of how you would categorize it yeah because i think to categorize this as horror is broad Mm, it's pretty broad to categorize it as sci-fi is not entirely accurate uh to categorize it as dystopian uh, perhaps it kind of it's never really clear if this world is dystopian exactly because we don't have any greater context yeah it's very interesting okay so the premise is it's this institution like i i guess the best word for it would be prison except you can voluntarily go there yeah that's so weird like it seems like it's so bizarre i think that some people are like sentenced to go there Mm -hmm. but then other people can elect to go there and and get a reward why in god's name oh so it's i don't understand that i don't understand that I think I understand it because it all plays into the metaphor because this vertical prison ultimately I think is a metaphor for capitalistic society where there isn't an authority, you know, on top telling you what you can and can't do or evenly distributing the wealth like, you know, communism or whatever. This is everyone is truly left to their own devices to work out how are they going to live amongst the resources that they have. And so you know, because there are many different kinds of societies in the world, you can elect to, for example, come to America from a place that you didn't agree with and 
get presumably your reward. One of the character, the, the main character that we follow in this movie, his name is Gorang. He is coming here and is signed up for it because at the end of it, he's going to get a degree, an honorary degree from some university, which would presumably help his education and stuff like that. And, you know, again, I don't think it's this direct of a parallel, but for example, thematically, a person from a, an impoverished country might decide, hey, I'm going to go to the USA to get my education because it's going to be easier for me. Yes, I might have to endure the difficulties of getting along in this new system and, and, and finding my way with new language and everything like that, but it's going to be worth the struggle because at the end of it, they can supply me with this, you know, and I, where I can't get it otherwise, or it's too hard for me to get it otherwise. I don't know. Is that convincing? (laughs) (laughs) It is. It it very much is. And I'm sitting here leaning back in my chair with my arms crossed like, oh, shit, Todd thought about this way more than I did. (laughs) Oh, I'm really hoping that you're going to have thought about more of it because there's so many questions I have. But, yeah, I I think that's it. And then some of us are just born here and we're in the system and there's nothing we can do about it. And so I feel like that might be the difference and why you could elect to be there and why you couldn't. Even uh, we get flashbacks to his interview. Like, you have to, like, interview to go to prison it's crazy. Well, but it, again, this is like what an immigrant has to go through. It is not easy to come. I mean, let's just take the U.S. as an example. And I think I just will do that. Like, you know, asterisk right now, whenever I talk about capitalism, I'm capitalistic society. I'm probably talking about yeah. what I know best, which is the U.S. Right. Uh, to come to the U.S., you know, it's a pain in the ass for someone who hasn't been born there, doesn't have an American passport for any reason. They've got to go through an interview. And they got to put documents together and all this stuff, and they might be turned away. That that's that's really <laughs> that's honestly fascinating to me because I hadn't considered it on that level, and now I feel kind of stupid because I, I think <laughs> you're right. I mean, that's what they're trying to show, but it was just so bizarre to me, like that he elects to go in there. Yes, he's going to be rewarded with a prestigious degree or something. I don't know, whatever. But he says that the reason that he's going in is to quit smoking and to read Don Quixote. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to go to prison to do that. Oh boy. Well, uh, but we're, 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 we're burying the lead because the lead is that, yes, this is a prison, but it, it consists of cells that are occupied by two people each but they are all stacked on top of each other vertically. Yeah. And you have, like, in the beginning of the movie, you have no idea. Because wherever our characters are, and, and there's a shaft, like there's a, a rectangular shaft. Yeah, like the size of a bed or a big table. Through the whole thing. Yeah. yeah like a huge table or like a, yeah, a big bed or something. But wherever they are... When they look up or down, it just looks infinite. So you have no idea how big this thing is. Right. Gosh, we have to explain the platform. But what I was thinking in watching this is, I think that whoever makes movies like this, they're, they're genius. But it's not like this hasn't been done before. Um, you, we, have we done the movie Cube? Oh yeah, uh, on this podcast, did we do that? Of course, it made me think of Cube. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the whole movie is set or is filmed on a like twenty by twenty set. 
Yeah. Like, it's exact the, the the entire thing is filmed on the same set because every location is exactly the same because yep. they're just these infinite rooms connected to cells. each other. Yeah. Yep, mhm. But because of that, I would also expect that it might be slow or boring because there's really not a ton of action. Right. But I was intrigued and engaged from start to finish mm-hmm. both times. Yes. Were you? I was. Yeah, I was intrigued. As the movie was going on, I was a little worried because I thought too much about Cube. Like, I think when we talked about the Cube episode, the thing that kind of maddened me about Cube was that there really, at the end of the day, is no clear explanation as to what's going on here. And the movie is, again, more about the interactions between these characters and how they break down and how they fight and and how they do or do not work together to get to a solution that is not even clear to any of them. They're like just as clueless as any of the people in this thing, uh, where they are in it, how high it goes, how low it goes. All they know is that when they wake up in the morning after every month that they're there, I guess they get gassed or something. And then when they wake up in the morning, they're in a different height sometimes. And and it's marked clearly on the wall, which one they're in. Yeah. Which level he starts out on floor 48 in the movie. Uh, but his cellmate that he's in there has been in there for many, many months uh, before. And uh, he says, oh, no, you know, sometimes you wake up really high up, like to floor six. And one time I was down to floor 132 without any real clear reason why. I think the thing that bothered me more about Cube was that uh, by the end of it, still, I I didn't feel like uh, satisfied. I think one person ends up, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Cube, I think one person ends up actually exiting the cube, and yeah. wh- and they just sort of exit into a big white light, and then the filmmakers are like, you, it could be whatever you want. Like, no, fuck you. I hate that. You know? <laughs> I hate that, and I hated that about me. the Bad Batch, you know? That, to me, f- feels pretentious most of the time. I think if the movie leading up to it isn't satisfying enough, that then it feels especially pretentious. This movie leading up to this semi sort of ambiguous ending it's, still it's felt very right. ambiguous. I would argue, but I think that uh, the reason that it worked so well for me is because I found the characters so compelling. Yeah, like, all of them, and there are only a handful. There are only like four or five, really. I mean, there are other people, but characters that you actually get to know a little bit there are only four or five and i found them all so compelling this is a foreign film it's what spanish Spanish. yeah and so you're not going to get many clips from the episode in here i'm afraid guys sorry yeah well i watched the dub you watched it in spanish oh yeah i always do yeah i i I found that you know me (laughs) speaking of pretentious (laughs) 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 i actually found the dub a little annoying I found the older guy's voice in the dub a little annoying, and I, I had to switch it, it, to the, the older guy's voice was kind of weird. Like it didn't match his yeah. face, <laughs> but no. but it didn't bother me. I actually thought the dub was quite good. Like I was impressed by the uh, voice performances. I don't know if my Netflix is you know automatically set to dub. I don't know. That's just what came up for me. So that's... oh, it first came up that way for me too, but uh, I switched it after about. 10 minutes yeah fancy anyway yeah (laughs) you know i have my ways but i know no i get it i I, it's funny we've been doing this podcast for so long which 
boggles my mind that we've been doing it for like a million years. Um, but in like really super early episodes, I was like, I usually watch it in the foreign language and I read know. the subtitles. And now I'm like, no, <laughs> I have no I time for that. What, when, when did the switch come in? I, I recall that distinctly as well. And I, it has not gone unnoticed on me that lately you've been more like, ah, I watched the dub version. I think that I am one of those people who is delusional about getting old. Like I've had the same eyeglasses for mm, probably 10, 15 years. I need a new prescription. Like <laughs> I can't see, but, <laughs> but I still. refuse to acknowledge <laughs> the fact that my eyes are going bad. So I think that probably has something to do with it. Like, eh, I can't bother to read those subtitles. No, I can't see them. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> but no, I found these characters so compelling. What we haven't explained yet is that, okay, so they're in this vertical shaft of a prison, but the food, the way that they are fed, gourmet, beautiful, gorgeous food. Stodgy, like French cuisine type food. Yeah. I mean, this looks like, uh, what, what was that movie we just did? The about? Menu. Yeah. The menu. This when they like when they're preparing the food it just lo- it looks like art. It's gorgeous. The first scene in the movie is in this kitchen where an old man is like walking around in this be- old classic looking French kitchen with a, like a whole army of chefs working in various stations and going around and correcting things. We don't hear his voice. It's it's no. it's more or less silent but uh, with the music playing, but uh, we see him doing all that stuff that we talked about in the menu and all that stuff that you see in the cooking shows where they're you know, they're carefully placing little petals of leaves on the plate yes. and arranging the snails and everything. And then he slaps somebody because, you know, he put it a millimeter off, you know, that kind of thing. Right. right. Every dish is pristine and it is pristinely presented and they load up this huge rectangular platform. It's beautiful. Take a picture, put it in a magazine. It's gorgeous. Then the platform descends through this. <laughs> <laughs> through this vertically stacked prison. And so the people on level one get the food as it was prepared. The people keep eating as it goes down. It like stops at each floor for, I don't know, like a few minutes. Yeah. Five minutes, maybe, or something like that. Like they give them a little time to eat and then it continues down. And this is the like <laughs> the most obvious metaphor yeah. right so it's like it's you know it's society the the people at the upper levels get the best and the rest of us get what's left over um until at the bottom uh, which is entirely uncertain we have no idea what the bottom even is but presumably they get nothing um and the interesting thing about the metaphor what i really i, I do like this because i think that it's true i think that it's trying to hit home the fact that we are a part of a system like this, Mm -hmm. but we just choose to be complacent about it Mm -hmm. or assholes about it. Yeah. Like unless, unless you're at the very bottom, you're complacent or you're just an outright dick. Yeah. And frankly, if we are to apply this to modern society, I'm the complacent one. Like, my life isn't luxurious, but I'm fine. You're at like level 20 or something like that, maybe 25. Sure, sure. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm not uncomfortable at all. So 
it's easy for me to, to accept less than perfect. Right. 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 <sighs> but, you know, I try to be conscientious. Like, I try to help out the struggling guy and, and whatnot. But the movie also suggests that even I am so complacent about it that I'm willing to literally shit on the people below me. You know what I mean? Mm. Well, not necessarily you, but there are some who are willing to shit. Yeah. Perhaps the ones on the upper levels. And uh, it's interesting. Uh, I think there's a narration at the beginning, which I it may be Trimagasi, the older man we're talking about, who is Gorang's cellmate, who says this. I'm not sure because I, I, don't, I didn't go back to check. But he says there are three kinds of people. The ones above, the ones below, and the ones who fall. That is line two of my two pages of notes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I have so we many notes on this. Better get moving. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, this older dude, Trimagasi, is basically uh, going through the tutorial on how the cell works, and we mostly explained all of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he tells them they're on floor 48, and uh, he's wondering what their food's going to be. They can look down and they can look up. He looks down, uh, Gorang, and starts to say something to the people down below, and he says, Don't pester those people. Because they're below. And don't call up, because they're not going to answer you, because they're above. We are on the same page. Like, you are reading from my notes. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's, it's, such, it's such social commentary. Yeah. Don't pester the ones below, because they are below. The ones above won't answer. Like, mm-hmm. come on. <laughs> but, 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 it, but it's not annoying. Like, in the context of this, it's not annoying. It makes sense. I believe it. I believe it, and it doesn't feel preachy because the dynamics of how it goes down is so interesting and compelling. And there are some surprises in there where you're just like, yeah, you know what? I shouldn't have been surprised at this, <laughs> you know? So anyway, the, the, he's in there. Everybody gets to bring in an object. His object is a book, Don Quixote. And the object can be whatever they want. But this guy, the old man, he asks him how he was in there. And he goes off on this tangent talking about um, basically like a Ginsu knife commercial that he saw on TV, Uh, and he was super impressed by it, and he wondered, you know, maybe I should be sharpening nine knives more often. Maybe I have the left... You know, Craig, like, maybe you should actually get get your uh, prescriptions a little (laughs) higher. (laughs) Treat yourself a little bit. (laughs) And he ends up breaking the knife in. As he's telling this story, the conclusion for us, the viewers, is that he's a crazy person. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> and, like, so he he saw the Ginsu knife infomercial, and so he ordered it. And then as soon as he got it, he saw another infomercial that was for, like, the super Ginsu knife. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> and that broke his mind. Yes. And he turned into a crazy person. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was given he was given the option of either going into a mental institution or coming to this place. This place has a name. Oh my god, I have so many. It's the VSMC. Yeah. The Vertical Self Management Center. Yeah. We what? hear that later. Yeah, self-management oh is key, right? Self-management, yeah. right? So this guy, Trimagasi, has been there for many months already, and he's only got like a he's only got a couple months left. Um, six years. Six years? I don't think so. Yeah, Maybe six months. No, he said six, six years? years. He said he'd been there for six years. 
boy, I, I don't that's know what how I manage that. Well, he has a knife. Let's put. <laughs> he, yeah, he brought. That's the. That's this thing that his object is the super knife. Like at one point, like the thing about this knife is that it's self sharpening. So at one point, he's like, the more I use it, the sharper it gets. Like he's just like you live. <laughs> you're Goran, and you live in this little cell with a crazy person. Whoa. With a knife, it's like a huge butcher knife. It's hilarious. I got I got instant respect for this movie because it respected my intelligence. Because immediately Goran calls out what we were all thinking. Because uh, Trimagasi mentions at one time he was down at level one hundred thirty-two. Right, he thinks there's right. probably about one hundred fifty levels, and he said uh, I didn't get any food. And the guy says, "Well, then how did you eat?" And he says, "Well, I didn't say I didn't eat. I said I didn't get any food." And, you know, that's when he whips out the cut. And so instantly, Gorang runs, you know, is basically like, you killed that guy and you ate his flesh. Stay away from Mm me. He's like, no, I said it. (laughs) 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 But he did. Spoiler alert. Now that Goring knows how this works, he he yells up to the people above, like, hey, you go, we need to warn them to ration the food. And he stops him. He says, are you a communist? (laughs) Yeah. So other important things that we need to know is that occasionally bodies just fall down the shaft and Mm -hmm. it's unclear, you know, we're just in this one cell. We don't know what happened. Like, did they fall? Did somebody kill them? Did they jump? Are they committing suicide? Um, At some point, like when he's explaining the food and stuff, Tremagasi says that as the they're on each level for a full month and he says that as the month goes on there will be fewer above but he won't explain why Mm -hmm. and then bodies keep coming and then um we learn that you you can't keep food like you have to eat when the thing comes and you can't hoard food or else they will either bake you or freeze you to death yeah because he grabs an apple and instantly everything you know once the once the tray goes down instantly everything gets really 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 hot so yes he chucks the apple down the hole and everything's fine again i know and then we've already talked about like we went out of order so we've already talked about how why he got in there i'm sure that don quixote don quixote there's some parallel here right right like i didn't bother to think he's this idealist you know he wants to believe that the world is a great place and okay whatever um (laughs) i i still i he put himself in there for six months so he can get a degree bro just go to school like (laughs) this is ridiculous there are lights in their room and if it's green everything's good but if the red light goes on that means that the platform has reached the bottom and is now ascending, and it ascends at lightning speed. I don't know if you would call it sci-fi or fantasy, because there is no explanation for the mechanics of this Yeah, it just platform. floats. Yeah. Yeah, it just floats. Like, it, it's not on chains. It, there, there, there aren't rails. Like, it just... Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? So there's a woman that... Yeah, that's it. I'm trying to get to... That was what I was trying to get to. Uh, You take it. Take it. All right. So someone falls down the hole. By the way, I think these are just people who give up. You know, they're done with life. Those are those... I think some of them are murdered by the person that you're about to introduce. Yeah, I think that can happen. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, this time someone comes down on the table. And I like this bit, too. I'm like, I would have thought of that, too. Like, why didn't somebody hop on the table and, and, and see what happens, sure. right? And there's this girl sitting there, a young woman sitting on this table. And uh, the dude says, don't worry about her, just eat. She comes down every month, and she's looking for her little boy. Everyone in the hole is free to decide what they do. So 
What does she do? Uh, according to Trimagasi, she comes down every month and she kills her cellmate before she comes down. She sits on the table and they kind of eat and she's kind of creepy and stares. And uh, she has a little shard of glass in her hand from one of the broken pottery dishes because these, these dishes obviously get broken up as they go down. And when she gets to this lower level, she gets dragged off by the people below. And, of course, Goreng is, like, horrified. It's like, leave her alone. He wants to jump down there and help her. But uh, Trimagasi says, no, 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 and holds him back. And uh, we hear a bunch of scuffle and some screaming, and the woman walks right back onto the table, sits there, looks up, and it descends a little further. And you realize she's killed those guys. Right, having killed them. Right, but I really liked that scene because, mm. first of all, this woman is not – I mean, she's a petite woman. Clearly, she would be vulnerable to physical attack. Mm-hmm. And that's what I liked about the the level just below them. The men attack her, and it's clear what their intentions are. Right. But she kills them. She fights them off. And, but, I don't know, it affected me because I then thought about – we have no idea how deep this thing is. Yeah. Like, she's facing this potentially at every level. Yeah. So she needs to get down there for some reason. And if she's doing this month after month, there's something going on. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like, come on. I don't even know. Do you understand this woman's role in the whole metaphor? I- I'm not sure I do. I don't really. I don't really, because ultimately I don't really understand the metaphor, except for the, like, you know, like, as Whitney Houston told us, I believe the children are our future. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Like, a child will lead them. I don't know. And, and everybody else, how? Well, Trimagasi just says she's looking for her son. How does he know that? Right. Because this woman never speaks. Does she ever? No, she never speaks. So how he knows that. And then other people outright deny it, which we should get to. They end up uh, moving. uh, One night, Trimagasi's like, there's the gas. We're going to get moved. Goring wakes up at level 171, bound to the bed. Yeah. Because at level 171, that's lower. I think Goring had said that he had been at like 132 or or something before. And that at that level, there was nothing. There was no food. And he estimated that there were probably 150 levels. So now the fact that they're at 171, there's just no hope that they're going to get anything. So, uh, he, he ties him down and and his plan is he's going to fast for as long as he can, but when he can't fast anymore, then he's going to start eating him alive. <laughs> well, he's pretty much planning to do it. And and the reason why... He, he's, oh, he's de- oh, he's definitely going to do it. The only reason he's holding out is, like, for preservation. Yeah, he said he's going to purge him like a snail. I, I don't know much about eating snails, but uh, he says with snail, you've got to, like, purge them for, like, six to seven days before you actually cook them to get the impurities out or something like that. I don't know about snails either, but he makes a whole big deal of it. And then, like, part of the interview process to get into prison, they ask you what your favorite meal is so that they can include it on the menu. And Goring's favorite meal is escargot. And later that comes up again. If there's any significant meaning to that, I have no idea what it is. It's interesting. Well, what he says to him is really quite 
telling. I mean, it's it's again, it's obvious this whole metaphor. But he says, uh, the, "Don't blame me. The people above me made me do it. There are 350 people to blame before me. Again, the haves they've taken." everything from us, we get nothing, so I'm forced to do this, and it's not my fault that I'm doing this. Whether it be lying or cheating or stealing, whatever you do to somebody else because you're desperate, I blame the people who have taken from me up above. And even though he's crazy, (laughs) even though he's crazy, like... I get it. It makes you sense. Know? <laughs> you know, like you got to you want to live. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Right. So but the the whole thing here is like so he does like time passes very quick. Well, not for them I'm sure, but for us time passes very quickly here and eventually uh the the guy the cellmate is like, "Yeah, I waited as long as I could, but uh I can't wait anymore." And he starts carving into his leg, but at that exact moment coincidentally, the platform riding woman comes down on the platform and she kills Tremagasi. Yep. Then she, I, I feel like she stays the night, you know, all by herself, and mm. and then she leaves again. Well, she tries to feed him a piece. She helps him. Oh, that's right. She does. Mm-hmm. She eats. She carves some of him, some of Tremagasi off, and eats it. And she feeds some to him, and he eats it. Uh, and then she leaves, and then it seems like he kind of tries to hold off maybe for a little bit, but then he ends up eating the maggoty, disgusting flesh oh, yeah. of this guy, too. Now, Trimagasi is still in the movie, because now he appears as hallucinations, yeah. which I also really liked. Me, too. Like, I thought this was fantastic. Uh, because you can't, you, I, I assume that it's just all in his head, but the way that it's presented, like, it, it could be a ghost. I don't know. <laughs> right. But I really liked it. But uh, he's still there and talking to him, and he's like, we're the same now. <sighs> and then Goring has a sex dream about the woman mm-hmm. that's kind of hot. And then, <laughs> and then he wakes up in... Level 33, which is a pretty high level, and he has a new roommate, and her name is Imagiri. Yep. Oh, my gosh. And she looks like Karen Black. Yeah, she does. And she was the woman who checked him in. She was the woman who checked him in. And, gosh, like, I really liked her character. Like, it was so interesting. It feels like a book. Like, that's, like, the the character development feels like a book. Like, I get really invested in these characters. I was immediately intrigued by her, but at the same time, I was furious with her because her object is her dog. And I'm like, you stupid bitch. Like, there is no way this dog is getting out of here and that's the first thing he says to her too yeah like you're an idiot you're an idiot (laughs) well when she goes to the table i was getting mad because it looked like she was gonna feed her dog and her and i'm like oh my god you know like don't do this but uh she claims that she will go hungry one day to feed the dog so they take turns so that she doesn't take any more of her share and this part is a good i don't know quarter of the movie but the the important thing to realize is that she also came in willingly. She works for the administration, yes. whatever that is. She was the person who like, did his interview, checked him in, so she knows about him. And she has done that for years. And now she has put herself in here voluntarily mm-hmm. because she wants to prove... That it works. What does she say? There's a phrase that she uses, and I can't 
Remember what spontaneous something spontaneous, spontaneous solidarity. solidarity. Yeah, she's you know she is the good person in the system, in government or in an organization or in a company that strongly believes in the goals of that company and that it can work. She just it just doesn't because people need a push or people need somebody to kind of lead them and and people just don't get it, you know, and and they just need some patience and somebody to help. So what she does is she's putting together two plates that she fills with rations that are enough that she calculated, I guess, that if everybody just ate this much uh, all the way down, then everybody would get fed. There would be enough for everybody. But that's where that social commentary comes in again, because there is enough for everybody. Mm -hmm. It's just that the people at the top are hogging it or or spoiling it. And like, it's it's so blatant. It is. (laughs) But it's also true (laughs) yeah it's true and it's maddening and and we'll get i i live in america and people are so instinctively like the the idea of socialism is as though you suggested that we all adopt satanism like (laughs) like people would people would put themselves in their graves before that they would even consider the idea of a socialist society. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's possible. We see it in other parts of the world and yet we are so frightened of it. Uh, and I'm not don't come at me. I'm not a communist. I'm not a socialist. I you know <laughs> like I as a white man in middle America, I thrive in this capitalist society. So don't come at me. But it does bother me that there are people who are suffering and unnecessarily like come on y'all. Like right. we should be able to figure this out. Like it's so uh, like in it's theory, so obvious. But that's the thing even in this movie where they could share they could they could all be fine yeah but they don't at at the upper levels they are gluttonous and this is the thing is that the people at the upper levels were once at the lower levels that's a key point of this movie is they wake up they keep getting moved around they keep getting moved around randomly and i mean there's no like oh there's no indication certainly at the movie that you know if they do well or they do something or don't do something at one level that they're going to be rewarded with a higher level there's nothing like that you know again that's life here you can be born into a a wealthy family in a great position Uh, you can lose it all tomorrow for some reason and be down in the dumps but then you know you can be clever and somehow work and and get some back and then lose that too or or the opposite you know this is basically how life works for all of us at any point in our life we should all be so lucky to even maintain the sort of quote-unquote status that we're at but we come upon fortune. We come upon misfortune. Uh, we are not really in control most of the time over these kinds of things. As much as people would like to say, oh, you can just pull your up with your, yourself up by your bootstraps, and as long as you're in this capitalist society, you can, go, right. you can go far. It's all you're doing. The reality is that's not the case. Right. There's too many other factors, and there's too many things that can go wrong, you know? And I like that. A fire hits your house, you go in a car accident, now you can't work. All these things can happen, and that's, I love that about this movie. I, I, I like that message of the movie as heavy-handed as it is. Yeah. But it's very much, you know, there but for the grace of God. Like, you could find yourself in any position. And 
I don't even know. Like, I really liked this lady, this Imagiri, and, and she, she tries, she tries to communicate yeah. with the people below and above. She tries so hard. She tries to incentivize them. Yeah. But and the her- only thing that compels the people below is when, uh, our main guy finally gets fed up with her pleading and says to the people below, if you don't do this rationing, I will shit on your food. Every day. <laughs> I'll mix it in with every little be- piece of it, and you will have shit in your food. And that that works. That compels them. Oh, my God. That's great. She's like, tell the people up above. And he's like, well, I can't shit upwards. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I actually true. thought that was a really compelling line. It really was. It, it tells you all you need to know. <laughs> no. Anyways, I really like her. I don't know. Eventually, the woman comes down and eats her dog. (laughs) But but sorry, but that lady, you had that coming. That dog wasn't going to last in there. Then we find out that the reason that she came in to try to affect change is because she has terminal cancer. Yeah. And she, you know, like she has lacerations on her skin and stuff that she shows us. And then the month ends and they get moved and he wakes up and immediately sees that they are on level 202. And she killed herself. Like before he even had time to wake up, she's like, fuck this. No. (laughs) (laughs) And I think she was probably in the right because. Oh my God! I don't know. He just fasts for that whole month. He doesn't really he? does. Yeah, something like that. They they have running water. Yeah. And the truth of the matter is, a human being can survive for a month without food as long as they have water. It will be miserable. I I couldn't. Not me. But like <laughs> somebody somebody who is in reasonable shape, physical condition, could survive for a month. They had to film this movie chronologically because they had to show his gradual deterioration. He lost like 30 pounds mm-hmm. um, over the course of the movie. But he basically just fasts for that month and then when he wakes up, he's on level 6. Yeah. <laughs> and he has a new roommate, this really cool guy named Barat, who is an idealist. And I loved this character too! He was a smart guy. I guess he has to be, yeah. for his object to be rope. <laughs> so he's got it, but he's also very religious. And you get this feeling that him and maybe people in the upper levels or or could be or or maybe he just thinks they can be persuaded by, you know, appealing to a higher power. Right. He's saying to the guys up above, they're like, why should we help you? And he says, God talked to me. And he said that if you guys help me, you know, you'll 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 get great things. And the guys upset upstairs are like, oh, well, if God said that, then. Yeah, maybe we should. Shouldn't we do that, honey? Yeah, okay, sure, we will. So he tosses his rope up, and uh, they hold onto the rope at the top, and he starts climbing the rope. He's reaching for the ledge, and the woman up there sticks her bare ass out over the edge and shits on his face. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Yeah, that's pretty impressive. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have that kind of control. I can't do that either. (laughs) I hear it's easier when you squat. Maybe that helped. But they're just they're just bigoted assholes. Yeah, and like they're so close. Like they're so close to the top. And this guy has a rope. Like these people are so blinded by their bigotry that they 
and may, who knows, maybe they haven't been there long enough to be concerned about it, but the, the dude has a rope, like, and, and only five stories to go. Like, if you could just convince everybody you could climb out of there, yeah. potentially, but they're so blinded by their bigotry that they don't even care about that. And they're gross. They, like, audibly f*** up there and stuff. Like, it's disgusting. Yeah. But... These guys are both idealists now. Um, the main guy in Barra and the main guy got Goring says, you know what we should do? We should, we should just ride the platform down and force the rationing mm -hmm. because if we force it, then they will understand that it can work. Yeah. And that's what they do. He convinces them and they ride down and uh, Bara starts to ration out food to the like the next level and uh Goring's like, "Nope. These people have eaten for the past several days. We're going to wait until we get to level 50 and at level 50 we'll start handing out the food." Mm -hmm. And that's what they do. And of course, you know, they have to be violent sometimes. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes people comply. It's obviously a risky thing, and it's an exciting part of the movie, but it seems like their plan is working until, like, I don't remember. They, they I feel like they have to beat several people, maybe kill some people. Yeah. But then they get down to one level where Bara runs into a guy that he knows who was, like, a mentor to him or something. Yeah. What was that? That was really shoehorned in there. Yeah, it was just a guy in a wheelchair, and he says, oh, who is he? And, and Barat says, oh, he's a wise man. And he suddenly perks up and listens to this guy. And he says... This is where things got weird for me. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't really understand all of this. I mean, like, I, under, I understand the narrative. I understand what's happening. I just don't understand the meaning behind what's going on. I think this is the meaning. Okay, so um, he basically says, good manners are important. You can't be forcing people, but you need to help them. So blah, 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 blah. There's all this stuff. But then he says, look, the administration has no conscience. How are they going to know up at the top if you're successful? You know, because either way, all of the food is going to be gone when that platform reaches the very, very top. So uh, they decide they need a delicious, perfectly made dish, a luxury dish that gets back to level zero untouched. And he's like, imagine their faces when they see the hole send a dish back like that. Then they will get the message. <laughs> they decide that they're going to use the, the uh, panna cotta. The panna cotta. Take care, take care of panna cotta as though your life depends on it. <laughs> it will be the message. Okay, what? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting because if you think about this in a classist way, right, there is, I think, a certain attitude at the top of society that's like, you know what, no matter what we do for these people, these people below us, the end result is always the same. They're always going to fritter away the taxes that we give them. They're going to fritter away the welfare that they have. You know what I'm saying? And they're just going to keep asking for more and more and more and more. And, and uh, yeah. it's their fault, you know? And in this case, if something comes back, it means that they all took as much as they needed and not anymore and, and, and kind of like upends that whole argument. Okay, okay. That, that's how so I then, interpret it anyway. So then so then the cooks at the top are going to be like, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. Like, well, there's always some ambiguity about this as well, because it's like, what is the, you know, what, what's the purpose of this thing? You know, what, what I know. what's their goal, you know? But I also feel like it's stupidly optimistic. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, nobody's going to care. 
Like, nobody cares. For sure. Send the panna cotta back up. Nobody cares. Well, <laughs> so what? Well, you know, I mean, it's just, uh, it's sort of the same thing. Like, they, of course they don't care because we keep seeing these shots of that kitchen and the guy's like got the cooks lined up and he's berating them because he found a hair in, I think was the panna cotta actually. Uh, and he's like yelling at them and trying to figure out whose hair it is and, you know, berating them for not having a perfect dish. It's like, these people are focused on the wrong things. They're so out of touch with the real problems down below them that they can't see. And and you would imagine if this chef got the most exquisite panna cotta returned to him, like, why didn't anybody eat that? It would at least give him some pause. I, I guess. And the hope is it would make him think, maybe I've been focused on the, on the wrong thing all along. However, I agree with you. I don't think that most of us believe that that would that would happen yeah because <laughs> they're so in that own their their own world you know and they're 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 so focused on the wrong thing i and and really it's kind of been this way through the whole movie but i feel at this point i really just kind of had to tell myself just go with it like yeah okay fine <laughs> it's fine. not perfect panicata is important whatever who cares um so they get they keep going down and they're handing out food they 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 try at this you know based on the wheelchair guy's advice they try to rationalize with people, but if they have to resort to violence, they resort to violence. They eventually get to a really low level. I don't remember where, but they're really low. And they come to a cell where two huge guys are like killing people. One of those people, I think, is the woman, yep. the platform woman. Yeah, it is. Goring pulls the huge guy that's killing her off, and then that guy beats the shit out of him. Yeah. Um, and, and Barat is fighting the other guy. And I, I, I guess they eventually kill those big guys, but the woman is dead, right? Yeah, the woman's dead. So it was a, you know, that part, you know, was, was a pointless. The woman is dead. They're both in terrible shape. Like Goring, is, like, is beaten to a bloody pulp. And the other guy got stabbed or slashed or something, right? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so but they keep going down and they pass a level 250, which is what Goring had calculated was the lowest level. And it just keeps going and going, but the platform doesn't stop at every level because it doesn't stop if people are dead and everybody's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just tons of dead people. But they also pass like they just pass a series of randos. Um and in one there are two naked men in a inflatable baby pool. <laughs> I, I I read that I think those were the screenwriters. That's hilarious. Oh, no way. <laughs> That's what I, I read. I don't know if it's true or not. But they they stop at level the uh, Barat's like we still have the panicata. The panicata is the message. But they they stop at level 333, which, mm-hmm. you know, three is a magic number, so it makes sense. But I read, I didn't come up with this on my own, I read this, if there are two people per cell, that means that there are 666 people in this prison, mm. which makes this prison hell itself. Okay, so they end at level 333, and it stops there because there's somebody alive and it's a child, the child that I kind of expected that they would eventually find, but it's a girl. Why throughout the rest of the movie were they saying that it was a boy? Because <laughs> this is all weird, because uh, Imogiri, uh-huh. because she was in the administration, right, admitting people, she said she admitted that girl. She said that... Yeah, and she's... Right. 
Yeah, she's the the woman. I mean, not the little girl, but the woman who was right, right. presumably looking for a son. And she said she didn't come in with anybody else. They don't even allow children. They're very strict on no under seventeens in here. She said she wanted to be the next Asian Marilyn Monroe. She mm-hmm. came in here hoping to be an actress when she could come out. Now she's just gone crazy, killing people, searching for her non-existent son. Um, so she just said that was all a, a lie. So that begs the question. Was this girl even related to that woman? Now, they're both Asian, mm-hmm. uh, Asian-looking. And number two, if she isn't related to that girl, how did a girl, when the you know Imagiri claimed that there are no kids allowed in here, how did there get to be a kid in there? Was that, like, born to someone in there? or? Mm-hmm. And she's at the very bottom level. And presumably remains there but i don't under like how does she if, survive if, this, if she's right how does she survive because she doesn't even look sick you know why she looks healthy she's the christ figure i think in this whole thing. I, I i mean i get i think so like because then goran's like she's hungry give her the panna cotta and barat's like but the panna cotta is the message and he's like no She's the message. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. And then there's like, oh, I forgot to mention that throughout all of this, Goring is still hallucinating all of his previous (laughs) roommates. So, like, uh, Imagiri appears to him at this point and says, Ramses II is the message. Well, that was her dog. Then... Baharet says the girl is the message and then he dies yeah i guess from his injuries from before so goring and the girl she eats the panna cotta <laughs> and and then they board the platform and they go down level 30 333 appears to be the final cell and below that it just descends into vast darkness like yeah it's crazy and it it goes all the way down and his first roommate Trimagasi is there and he says your journey is over my snail there's something about snails that we're not getting yeah (laughs) he keeps calling him little snail there was an earlier thing where he found that there were snails uneaten surprisingly all the way you know halfway Way far down into the. That was his favorite thing, mm-hmm. but wait, nobody had touched it. I mean, who wants to eat snails? Gross. Goring's like, the girl is the message. And uh, Trimagasi says to him, but the message doesn't need a bearer. Yeah. So Goring gets off the platform and walks away with Trimagasi into the vast darkness. Right. And then with the little girl asleep on the platform, it shoots like a rocket <laughs> up through, and that's it. Like, we don't see where it ends. We don't see what happens. It, it's just, it's it's over. It's, it's interesting because I saw, like I said, I really feel like the girl, there's some Catholic imagery throughout this. There's religious stuff kind of being, being said. I thought that one of the last images that we saw of Goring 
he looked very Christ-like, you know, with the light coming down on him and his hair and just sort of yeah. very classically posed as he was looking up at the girl going up. It just looked straight out of um, the same image that you see in paintings of the crucifixion where, you know, Christ mm-hmm. is on the cross and he's kind of slack jaw, but his eyes are looking up toward the light. Mm-hmm. I, that was so pointed that I, I think it had to be significant. But I, again, I'm not real clear on all the metaphorical stuff in here. It's still a little messy for me and i do wonder if it's a little mixed (laughs) you know it's maybe not that perfect i think i think obviously like these levels they have some parallel to the dante's levels of hell yeah right and uh when he gets to the bottom and they're just in the void it's like he's passed through hell and and he joins the hallucination of the dead guy and they walk away together into the darkness i figure that means that he's dead but his death was not without purpose his death was but ultimately, yeah, to, not to send the purpose. to send the girl up, you know, like he right. was responsible for getting the panicata all the way down to the level where the girl was, so he could feed her the panicata, realize she's the message, and then um, he dies, and then sends the girl up to the heavens. I, you know, I'm really perplexed by that line. The message doesn't need a bearer, right? Like, uh, like I, it, it seems so significant, and I feel like I should be able to connect it to something, and I'm just not really sure. Oh boy, this is a uh, like I I want this to be an interactive episode. Like, right? Somebody, you guys, some you guys, you guys out there, yeah, talk to us about this because like I'm genuinely curious if we're missing. Like I don't I don't feel dense about it. Like I feel like I get it. There are just elements of it that I can't quite put the puzzle pieces together. And and I'm genuinely curious. I want to know. So if if you're listening and you have thoughts, please share them with us on one of our various platforms. Well, there have to be, because this was like the most popular Spanish film in Netflix history, and that's why it's getting a sequel. Really? Did you know it's getting it's a getting sequel? It's getting a sequel? It's getting a sequel. They're done shooting it, and uh, it's going to be coming out. I don't think they've released the release date yet, but it... Uh, yeah, I, I'm surprised. I am, this too. This doesn't seem like the kind of movie that would have a sequel. No. But apparently there's more to say or more to explain. I don't know. Cube had like two or three sequels that were ultimately unnecessary yeah because it's kind of the same movie but that movie was kind of schlocky and didn't i mean that movie was uh it was more of a comment well i mean this is too i suppose it was kind of a commentary on human nature it was whatever yeah but no i i I can't imagine what they would do with a sequel it seems like kind of a is it gonna be i don't know what happens to the girl when she gets to the top and how they deal with that maybe they changed the thing right is it are there these prisons like, are there more of them? Like, is it a whole deal? Like, I, I don't even know. It, there's a, I, Alan and I watched a show. I don't remember what it was on. One of the streaming services, we watched this show called Silo. Have you ever heard of this? And it's like this society that lives all within this gigantic silo. They can't go outside because it's like nuclear wasteland outside. But do they have to send people outside to like clean the lens or something like yes. that? Yes. Oh, this is based yes. on this is based on a real popular series of web novels called Wool. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Did they make that into a movie? No, it's a television series. They, they did a. They, uh, and Al, there's only one season, but Alan and I watched it. Yeah. Anyway, it reminds me of this. Yeah rando anyway but like i like this movie i really did i was like i feel like on paper i would think that it was going to be really slow and tedious but it's not i was i was engaged the whole time i was i I think that it's really well acted i was really invested in in the characters and i 
wanted to know how it was going to turn out. Yeah. Even though the ending is ambiguous, it didn't feel unsatisfying. Like, it felt like a satisfying end to the story. And um, I I would recommend... I I, I would 100% recommend this movie. It's good. It's well-made. It's well-acted. It's interesting. I I don't really have any complaints. I think it's going to be a love it or, or you hate it kind of movie. I think some people are really into this. They and like you said, it's it's a little bit better than just a simple like very pretentious artsy metaphorical movie that you kind of after a while rolling your eyes at because you know that I'm right. not even supposed to understand this. No, like you're supposed to understand this, and yeah, <laughs> like you said, you'd have to be stupid not to really. Even though there's some ambiguity that leaves a lot of things up to interpretation, that's not so maddening. Yeah, uh, because what's happening is compelling, and also, you know, you kind of want it to provide some answers. I think the whole time I'm going through this movie, like, how are they going to solve this? Then we can apply that to our real our lives, you know, like, like mm-hmm. have they cracked the code and figured out how this is all supposed to work? But they haven't, or maybe they have. I don't know. Well, it's- that's why I said that a more definitive ending i think would have come across as trite because you can't just magically solve these issues yes so to suggest that i don't know maybe they are suggesting that by some miracle you can but that's in the fantasy world of the movie is it so i i I think that it's smart to end it where it ends this just came to me if they're not expecting a child because they have a the administration has a strong complete uh, no under 17 or no under-17 people allowed in here, the presence of a child would shock them. And then it would make them question, number one, how did that child get there? And number two, how did that child survive to the point where she could be sent from the bottom all the way to the top? And that might cause them to seriously retool their thinking about the humanity and the the way that 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 society down below them works. And their hope for it, or their lack of hope for it. I don't know. I I think it's meant to be like messianic, but yeah, because this child is sh- should be dead, right? And this brutality of the lower levels, especially down here, like this child would not survive, and the fact that she did would, yeah, messianic, right. of well, course. And, but and, and that's and that's like that's a a very quaint story to record in the Bible, but like that's not. Yeah. Like no, nobody's gonna care. Like in in the real world, in real life, she could be literal Jesus, and the people <laughs> at the top wouldn't care. No, that's true. That's very true. Maybe that's what the sequel's gonna show us. Maybe. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Well, this was a fun movie to talk about. Thank you so much, Craig, for uh, recommending it. You're welcome. And thank you to all of you for listening. And I I second what Craig said earlier. We would really love for this to spark some discussion because we feel, as we've said in here, that there are a number of things that we are maybe just too stupid to pick up on. Please um, enlighten us. Let us know what we're missing. It would be lovely to uh, have those conversations with you guys and appreciate this movie even more. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with a friend. Uh, If you would like to get in more deep conversations with us, we have a lot of back and forth with our patrons. If you just go to patreon.com slash chainsaw podcast, consider joining and supporting our podcast. You can get a lot of behind the scenes chatter with us, sort of a direct line, as well as uh, influence the episodes by choosing which 
movies we're going to do. And uh, we do a lot of mini-sodes up there as well, where we reveal a little bit more about our lives and things we're reading and just random stuff that our patrons want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I'm having a lot of fun on the Patreon page. Me too. <laughs> Chatting it up, making <laughs> friends. Come on over. We all float down here. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. With two guys and a chainsaw. Bye.